This is Outside the Arc with Coach R.J. Barsh, discussing the game of basketball with players and coaches from around the world of hoops, presented by NBC Basketball Camps. This is Coach Barsh, and this is Outside the Arc. We're live in the locker room. Today we have an exciting podcast. I have Sean Fowles from I Handle Basketball. Sean Faust has played in over 88 different countries. He's one of the lead trainers for NBA China School in Dugan. I may have said that wrong, but he'll, he'll fix it later. Sean is uh, one of the best trainers in Central Florida on the East Coast. Uh, being the head coach at Southeastern, I've been able to see his work. Sean uh, has an extensive resume, and we're just going to hit some of the key points as a high school coach or a college coach, if you're a young player listening to this podcast, what should you be looking for in skill development and what kind of trainers should you be paying your money to make sure your game is enhanced? Sean has several players who have eclipsed a thousand mark this year alone in high school and some college players that are getting close. Sean, we are glad to have you on the show today. Really excited to be here, coach. Now, did I pronounce that right for the NBA China? It's uh, Don Guang. Don Guang. So, so if you're when you're training in China, let me just go straight to the international aspect. What are some of the things you're seeing their kids doing that our kids aren't? The attention to detail, the attention to detail, the attention to want to really get it, grasp it, and constantly just really rep to understand and understand the concept behind it and how it can be game relevant. Yeah, now, anyone who's watched the game of basketball in the last, you know, 10 years has seen the advancement of skills trainers. Yes. Now, if I'm a parent and I'm a coach and I get approached by a skills trainer, you know, what are some of the things that you you look for uh if you were a coach and you were going to hire a skills trainer, what are some of the things you want to see a skills trainer be able to do? Uh, for one, I, to be able to relate the skill development and fuse it with game enhancement. I think fusing skill enhancement and game enhancement are really, really important. I mean, at the end of the day, you can be really skilled, but if you, they can't play, they can't play. So being able to fuse that is something I think really coaches and parents and players really need to understand that if a trainer is not able to really focus and fuse the two together so the performance is on the floor, not necessarily during workouts, then you might want to start looking in other directions. Now, you have a unique advantage because you play you know, high-level Division II basketball at the University of West Florida. Uh, you play with the Harlem Globetrotters and the Washington Generals, like I said earlier, in 88 different countries. So when you're training a young player – other than attention to detail, what are some of the things you want them to leave the gym with after working with I Handle Basketball? I want them to understand right when they walk out to the gym, I wasn't as good as I thought I was. You know, really challenge, really, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, if we're not challenging them, we're not changing them. So you want to make sure that they're, that they're struggling, that they're embracing struggle, so they walk out realizing I have a lot that I still need to do, even though I'm still a pretty good basketball player. Now, I know as most coaches, we always go into in our practice and into games with film breakdowns and a practice plan and you know we're going to do this for five minutes and this for five minutes as a skills trainer uh do you usually go in every single workout with a game plan for your players or yeah i do i have a i have a, a good game plan idea of the type of player i'm working with depending on positions and, and so forth 
Um, sometimes I'll kind of go off grid depending on where they are with it. If they're grasping concepts, I might add stuff. I might regress them a little bit. I always feel like uh, training in regression is always better than progression because you can start them and really cap them at a, you don't want to be have them at a ceiling. You want to be able to challenge them and then drop it if you need to versus they may already be at a certain point and you might be just spinning your wheels with that. So I definitely have a plan going into a workout depending on the player, the position, and where they're playing. Now you, you travel a lot. You know, I'll be watching the NBA game, especially if it's in Milwaukee and I'll, I'll see you <laughs> behind the bench or somewhere in the vicinity. What are some of the things that pro players do naturally that um, you try to teach young guys skill-wise to learn? The, the, the IQ of the game, the IQ, the understanding behind the game and how the skill and the game enhancement, again, are fused. There's that word again, fused. And they just seem to have a grasp of it and understand. I always tell them to watch their footwork, watch the body control, watch the balance, and how it plays into continuity of what they're doing offensively with with the game. Now, in the show notes, we're going to have a video of Sean Faust doing some of his eye handle training. And one of the things that's very unique about his training is he does put pressure on you with the ball and then some uh, cones or different uh, um, props and whatnot in the workout. And it's very, very uh, – interesting to watch because when you're playing the game there's always several things going on and as a coach one thing I've always been frustrated with training is guys don't know how to put in-game pressure on themselves uh, what made you start using different items to put pressure on players in workouts uh, just being able to be around different avenues of basketball all over the world and in, in the United States and different trainers that I've kind of come around to, to grow and have similar mindsets because um, I think that there's certain tools that you can use that simulate game movements, you know, whereas cones, you can, you know, it simulates active offhand, you know, protection and then resistance with some med ball stuff, timing with some tennis ball stuff, you know, and I think tools can be a really great factor in implementing in the game if you're able to teach it and fuse it again and, sh- and really teach the player how to understand how this shows its face in the game. I think one thing we, we need to understand too as a coach and, and as trainers is Sean keeps using the word fuse. And, and, and I think what, what, what he's saying is, because I've seen him train, is you want to make sure what you're working on translates to the offense you're playing in. Right, if your coach is running a flex offense and you're catching the ball and you're doing eight dribble spin moves, there's nowhere that move's gonna work. Now, if you're in a motion and it's a dribble drive and it's different things, then you can fuse different moves together. Sean, as a trainer, if there's trainers listening, um, do you go to high school practices and do you watch the the offenses they're running? Like, how does that work for you in building the workout? I actually spend a lot of time really building relationship with with high school coaches on the girl side and boy side. I try to build the relationships, go out to the practices. I have coaches that actually bring me out to practices and work with their whole team for, for hours at a time. And I start to fuse in the skill with the game enhancement based off of how they run their offense, whether it's motion, flex cuts, if they use a lot of ball screens. So the players are understanding how to use what we're doing within continuity of what their coach is trying to do. I think that you know, at, at, at no point eight dribbles and a spin move should ever be implemented in a game, but I agree with you. Unless you're Steph Curry. Unless you're Steph Curry. Trey Young. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, just to, to teach them how to be effective, but I think it's really important for trainers to try to build relationships with coaches and work with coaches and not against coaches to, to help the better of the player because if you help the player, the player's going to help the team, and then everybody wins in the situation. No, uh, I really, like you said, work together. Everybody wins uh, in that situation. Uh, Sean, let me ask you, 
why did you get into skills training? I just really get a huge drive and self-gratification off of seeing players put in work and achieving goals. And I think it's at the end of the day, you're helping change lives too. Yeah, I think it's important as coaches and parents when we're choosing a trainer to understand their why. Because I feel like it's a new hustle uh, in basketball. So you have a lot of people in training because they find out you can rent a gym and you can make a dollar that way. So as you're a coach, you're a parent, it's real important to understand the why. Uh, Once you look the show notes and you get um, Sean Faust's uh, Instagram and his Twitter, I mean, he's very active every single day, several different workouts, team workouts, individual workouts. Sean, let's go ahead and break down the game a little bit uh, for a point guard when you're training. So say I'm a I'm an eighth grade point guard and I want to play varsity uh, my freshman year. Uh, what are some of the things you would say this summer you've got to focus on? I would say the first thing is is uh, the uh, I want I don't want to say basics, but I want to say you, you want to make sure that your your footwork, your body control. And you're fusing in handle work and fusing all that together um, for game moments, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, when you're when you're playing, you can work game moments all day long. But then when you get into that moment, it immediately will turn to skill. So you want to make sure that you're breaking down the footwork. You want to break down the body control piece and make sure that players feet and their body control. And then you start tying in dribbles and and, and creating space and, and reads and IQ. That's kind of one thing I would start with. And then make sure you're challenging them a little bit because again when you're challenging them you're changing them and that's going to help them you know get better a lot quicker yeah is when i was training guys back in the seattle tacoma area uh one of the things i would always say is r-r-e-e relentless repetition effortless execution so if you if you're relentless with your repetition and training Mm -hmm. once it's time to execute it in the game it's going to be effortless right and i think that's one of the things in training is you don't have to always go in there and do a new move Nice. If it's one dribble, step back a hundred times, like right. I saw you doing this summer with yeah. with um, with uh, Kevin Foster, who plays yeah. for the uh, Orlando Magic G League team, and I saw even Corey in one of their last yeah. games. You know, he hits a two dribble step back yeah. that I seen you work yeah. with him several times over the summer. So it was a it was relentless repetition. Right. He wanted to move on after five minutes. Yeah. Sean said no. And then an hour later, okay, right. let's move on to the next drill. And then he gets in a game this, you know, this past week and uh, he hits big shots yeah. using those moves. And so that's got to be exciting for you when you see one of the guys you've worked with uh, play well. Yes, and I always make sure that I, I build relationships with the players from a mentorship standpoint um, and, and follow up with them, watch games when I'm able to, and simulate whether, you know, if I see stuff we're doing, see stuff when I that they could implement. Hey, remember we worked this, it would be a good moment for that. Like I said, it's all about working game moments and the more that you work that repetition stuff and the reps the better they're going to be in that game moment when they need to react with that with that rep you know one thing in skills training that I've that I've uh, always liked when I meet different trainers is the ability to teach and when Sean is over in China, you know, he's got to be a teacher. And there's a lot of trainers uh, in America that just go out there and they can play the game, right. but they can't teach. You know, I think it's Tyler Ralph who's in Dallas, who's probably one of the better skills trainers I've seen as far as teaching goes. Yeah. Uh, is it Micah Lancaster is yeah. great, you know, Drew Hanlon. And you come from that school. You yeah. come from that school of I was a good player, but guess what? I can also teach this. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. How important is it? to be able to teach the game. 
I think it's more important than being able to just play it. I think that if you really understand the IQ behind the game, the game enhancement of the game, understand teaching these kids and these players where it's relevant and, and how it would show its face from a defensive perspective, from an offensive perspective, and from a team culture as well. Like, you know, like I said, you know, you don't want to always be going against the grain with the coaches. You want to make sure you're working with them. And I think teaching is more important than probably any aspect of it. You know, um, people often, you know, give me a high five if uh, Kevin Knox plays well because yeah. he's a player I've worked with in the past or if Isaiah Thomas does well. And here's one thing I've always said to parents and, and, and I've said to coaches and I've said to players, you know, Kevin Knox, Isaiah Thomas, the Corey Sanders, Dwayne Bacon's guys we've worked with, they're going to be players without us yep. because they're gym rats. Mm-hmm. Now, we can elevate their skill and their talent to another level, but they're going to be players. I think what parents have to watch out for is determining if the skills trainer can make their kid a player. Correct. Uh, it's all about, in, in your bio, enhancing what they already do. Can you speak to the parents who are putting all this pressure and money into this summer, you're going to do three days of skill work so you can make varsity. Right. I mean, it, it, like I said, it, it's the kids have to want it. The players have to want to do it. Just like you said, gym rat's a great word. I, you know, and I refer to them as gym rats and gym junkies. You know, you just you want to make sure that they're in the gym. I always have parents come ask me, like, you know, with players that, you know, are, are getting a 1,000 points or they get a 30-point game or something like that. You know, they're like, oh, I need to have my kid in the gym with you. And they think just because they get in the gym with you that that's going to dictate all this success when it's really it's the teaching that I do and then the amount of time and reps that the players are putting in. So I think as a trainer – one thing you really need to look for with a trainer is making sure that the trainer holds the player accountable to to putting in the work and wanting to do wait, it. On wait, their wait, own. wait, wait. So the trainer is not the hype man. No, you're right. Not no hype behind it. It's not about money. It's not about any of that stuff. Hold the players accountable to working, not just when they come to you, but on their own, doing stuff on their own. Because I think player accountability is why some of these kids, like our Dwayne Bacon's, Corey Sanders, all these guys that we've been able to be in the gym with, are where they are because they they hold themselves accountable to always wanting to be better, and they're just starving to get better. And, you know, and that and I think that's a big key to it is just player accountability. You know, one of the reasons that Sean has free reign with our players at Southeast. Eastern and uh, and in in and in Central Florida with most of the coaches is because of that accountability factor. Uh, we've had several thousand point scores at our school. With uh, you know Dwayne Johnson uh, reached that that plateau. Uh, I believe Dre Winston. You know uh, Ryan Atkins. We've had some guys get their scoring, but here's one of the reasons because they see Sean in our gym throughout the year. So when spring comes and Sean's running workouts, it's like the coach is still here because of that accountability factor. So train, good trainers aren't fly by nights. Mm. In when it's popular, mm. out when it's not. Right. You know, in when 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 their schedule's free, like they're guys who are constantly on the grind. And can you just for like thirty seconds uh, talk to trainers about how important it is to hold players accountable by being in unison with their high school or college coach? I, I mean, I can't express it enough. I say, you know, it's worked wonders for me and not just 
just from a business perspective, but just a, a self-gratification perspective of seeing players succeed because at the end of the day, we got to look at we're mentors and we're changing these kids' lives and we're parent and we're changing these parents' lives, you know, from a, from a financial perspective of being able to play college basketball. But you need to, the accountability piece has to be there. And if you're just training them and then they just tell you how they did, I mean, that's great and all, but it always works wonders when they see you there, when the coaches are building relationships with you. You know, I try to go out and watch each of my players at least five or six times during the season, you know, and just build these relationships with them. And I think if you're more than just, you know, like summer workout guy and then during the season you disappear until it's time for them to get back in the gym with you again, I, it's just going to be kind of like a one thing wonder. You know, you're, you're going to they're going to need you when they need you. And then that's going to be it versus you'll, you'll feel more gratification on knowing you really change that player on the court, off the floor, you know, because there's more to basketball than just between 9450, you yeah. know. So I think it's important. I know I've, I've recognized this as a coach and as watching skills trainers is the best ones are able to articulate their vision for the player. Yeah. They're able to sit down with the player, put out a game plan and say, this is where I believe you will arrive. Right. And if you're a trainer, you're a parent, and you're able to see that your trainer has a game plan, the high school coach will probably come alongside and support yeah. that. The issue that comes from coaches is when trainers are in and out of our gym using it as a rental yeah. and not using it to enhance our programs. Uh, one thing I appreciate about good trainers, and I've mentioned a few of them, uh, there's also a friend of mine, Clint Parks, who's uh, in California. A lot of these trainers invest so much of their personal time mm -hmm. to help personal players to help your program. Mm -hmm. And as coaches, we got to appreciate them, yeah. you know. And so, uh, you know, Sean's done several things for our program, and people recognize him as someone who works with us. I'm glad that we were able to sit down with you, Sean. Really, I, appreciate um, I know there's a ton of other things we could talk about. About. I'm going to just leave with one, with one last question um, that you can help parents and, and coaches uh, understand. What are some of the misnomers in skills training? Some of the things that people say, if you train with me, this is going to happen, that parents should watch out for. <laughs> I see it all the time, and I have parents come to me, and uh, we should have done this, we should have been in this direction. If a, if, a, if a trainer is guaranteeing you that they're, if you, they work with me, they're going to be playing at this level, they're going to be getting this many points, or they're going to be getting this accolade, run. That's all, I can, <laughs> that's all I can tell you because there's no guarantees with it and there's no like genuineness behind it. You know, you don't want the gimmicks. You don't want any of that. You want somebody that's going to be able to invest in your kid, invest in them on the floor, off the floor, mentorship wise, and then build a relationship with them and anybody that's around them as well. Because believe it, the, uh, the people that spend the most time with them are influential as well. So yeah. you don't want to just, yeah, get run if they guarantee, start guaranteeing you all this stuff. Cause yeah, and it's interesting like I said, this is Coach Bars outside the arc. And, and one thing we have to understand as coaches and, and, and basketball uh, connoisseurs is you have to invest something to be able to have a withdrawal. Mm. And at the end of the day, if you want to be a great player, you have to invest great time. If you want to be a great coach, you have to invest great time. And when you invest that time, when it's your moment to shine, you will be able to withdraw. I tell my players all the time. Your body language speaks without you saying a word. And I can go recruit in the gym, and I can tell a shooter from a guy who just made a couple of threes. Because yeah. a guy who can shoot, his facial expression doesn't really change when he sees that thing go in. <laughs> he might change a little bit if he misses, yeah. but he knows how to fix his shot because he's invested the time. If there's one thing you got out of today's podcast with I Handle Basketball founder Sean Faust is you've got to put in the time. 
You've got to fuse your workouts with what your high school or college coach is doing. Find a skills trainer that's going to hold you accountable. And then parents and coaches, remember, you do get what you pay for. So make sure you do your homework on the skills trainers because there's a lot of guys out there who are selling false goods or false abilities. Make sure you do your homework on skills trainers. Once again, this is Outside the Arc. This is Coach Bars, and today we have Sean Faust. And we'll put a bunch of info in the show notes. I'll put some of his workouts, some of his favorite drills, so you can follow him uh, on Instagram. Sean, why don't you go ahead and tell us your Instagram handle uh, right now? It's uh, iHandle underscore Sean Faust. It's iHandle underscore Sean Sean Faust, and that's S-H-A-W-N-F-A-U-S-T. Once again, this is Outside the Arc, and we're out of here. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Outside the Arc. For more information about NBC Basketball Camps, visit NBCCamps.com. And listen to other Outside the Arc podcast episodes available on iTunes.